Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. The cherubim, they'll be a visual reminder of this is the throne of God. This is the presence of God. Those palm trees will be a visual reminder of what God originally intended for mankind to dwell with God and God to dwell with man and that it's, it's finally restored. It's finally brought back together. Everything that was lost by sin in the garden is now restored in the kingdom age by Jesus Christ. Everything that has been lost by sin will one day be restored. As you listen to today's message from Pastor Dan, he shares with you that ever since the Garden of Eden, sin came in and caused death. Death of people, relationships, and animals. However, God promises that one day all will be restored by the finished work of Jesus Christ. Pastor Dan encourages you to hold on to that truth. If you feel broken or have lost something, know that the Lord has good plans for you. Jesus will provide restoration. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 41, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. As we go into chapter 41, we went through chapter 40 last week in great detail. Here in chapter 41, I just want to highlight some of the main points of the chapter so we don't get bogged down in all of these, these measurements here. So Ben, if you can bring up the image of the temple that we have. Uh, we had this up last week. Uh, this is a, you know, a, a drawing of the temple that's described here in these final chapters of Ezekiel. That blue line is the river that comes out of the temple that we'll talk about when we get to chapter 47. But going now into chapter 41 for tonight, if you look at uh, verse 1, beginning in verse 1 down to verse 4, we have the measurements of the sanctuary of the temple. If you remember last week in chapter 40, we started out at the gates. We started at the, actually at the wall, the exterior wall around the temple and we started the gates and we've worked our way in. So now we're in this, the, the main part, the sanctuary. Uh, and in the sanctuary there, uh, the sanctuary was made up of what was called the holy place. And the most holy place or the holy of holies. So look at verse 1 in chapter 41. Then he brought me into the sanctuary. And he measured the doorposts. Six cubits wide on one side and six cubits wide on the other side. The width of the tabernacle. The width of the entryway was ten cubits. And the side walls of the entrance were five cubits on this side. And five cubits on the other side. 
And he measured its length, 40 cubits, and its width, 20 cubits. Also he went inside and he measured the doorpost, 2 cubits, and the entrance, 6 cubits high, and the width of the entrance, 7 cubits. He measured the length, 20 cubits, and its width, 20 cubits, beyond the sanctuary. And he said to me, this is the most holy place. So the most holy place is 20 cubits by 20 cubits. Again, sometimes it's called the Holy of Holies. Now, a, a few things we, we notice about the sanctuary. First, we notice what is missing from this sanctuary compared to the previous temples that stood in Jerusalem. You think, of, think back in the Old Testament, you know, there was the, the tabernacle that Moses built back in the book of Exodus. That was followed by the temple that Solomon built in Jerusalem. Uh, Then there was the temple built by Ezra uh, and the rebuilding of the city of Jerusalem by Nehemiah. That's after the captivity. Ezekiel's in the captivity at this point. After the captivity, they'll build another temple uh, led by Ezra, Zerubbabel, remember that, and Nehemiah. And if you remember, at the dedication of that temple, there were some old-timers there that saw Solomon's temple. And so when they dedicated that temple People were lifting their voices and and cheering, but the old timers were weeping because they remembered the glory of Solomon's temple. And this this temple that Ezra built was nothing in comparison to Solomon's temple. And so the old people were brokenhearted to see the temple that they built compared to Solomon's temple. And then that temple that was built by Ezra, that was expanded by Herod the Great. Uh, significantly expanded and added to. And the temple that was expanded by Herod the Great, that's the temple that Jesus goes to. That's the temple of the book of Acts and, and the New Testament uh, was, was Herod's temple. That's when you see uh, pictures of Jerusalem today and the Temple Mount and the Western Wall. That's all part of Herod's temple that was destroyed in 70 AD. Uh, and, and, you know, we're given the details of those previous temples. Uh, and in this temple, though, this kingdom age temple, we notice that some things are missing that were found in those previous temples. First of all, the veil is missing. The veil or the curtain that separated the holy place from the most holy place. There's no veil in this temple. God's presence dwelt in the most holy place. And people were not allowed to just enter into God's presence. And the veil was there to remind people that they are separated from God. Because God is holy and we are sinful. And so we can't come into God's presence. And so there was a curtain. There was a veil between the holy place and the most holy place. Where God's presence dwelt. Where the glory of God dwelt. In the holy of holies. And, and as you may know, only the high priest, once a year on the Day of Atonement, he passed through the veil and he entered into the Holy of Holies. He entered into the presence of God in the Holy of Holies to atone for the sins of the people. But when Jesus died on the cross, the Gospels tell us when he gave up the ghost and he died on the cross, there was a great earthquake. And it says in the Gospels that the veil of the temple was torn in two, torn asunder in the old King James, from top to bottom. Not from bottom to top, 
Man wasn't tearing the veil. It was torn from top to bottom. God tore the veil. And by tearing the veil in two, it was a sign that the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on the cross removes all of our sins and we are now welcome into the presence of God. The fellowship that was broken by sin was restored. And now because of Jesus and his shed blood, we can come boldly to his throne and nothing separates us from God anymore. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 20 says, By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. Through his death, now we can come boldly into the presence of, of God. And so, there's no curtain in this temple. We have access. That's what that says. You've got access to God now because of Jesus. We can come into his presence. That's the first thing we notice here. Second, there's also no gold or silver in this millennial temple. If you remember, even with the tabernacle that Moses built, there was so much gold and silver that was used in the construction of the tabernacle. And then later in Solomon's temple and Herod's temple as well. Uh, the Bible tells us that with Solomon's temple, Solomon's temple had over 100,000 talents of gold inside the sanctuary, inside the temple. That is 3,750 tons of gold. In today's dollars, that would be over $50 billion of gold in Solomon's temple. But in the millennial temple, there's no gold. There's no silver. We're, we're told with Herod's temple that the gold that was just on the outside of the temple, was, when the sun would hit the gold on Herod's temple, that it was blinding. And you had to look away because of the, the, the shining gold just on the outside of the temple. You remember uh, in 70 AD when the Romans destroyed Herod's temple, they burned it. And it became, the stones became so hot that all of the gold in Herod's temple melted and ran down between the stones. And so the Roman soldiers dismantled the temple stone by stone so they could scrape the melted gold off of the stones of the temple. You can go to Jerusalem today and some of those stones from the temple are still lying there in a pile next to the temple mount. Because the Roman soldiers scraped the gold off and then cast the stones over the wall down to the floor below. And some of those stones are still sitting there. But here in this millennial temple, there's no gold. There's no silver at all. And the reason is because Jesus in his glory is the beauty that will adorn this temple. Jesus. You don't need gold. You don't need silver. Jesus will be the beauty that's in this temple. David in the Psalms, Psalm 27. David writes in Psalm 27, verse 4, listen to what he says. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord. I love that. David says, one, one thing I've desired my whole life is just to sit in the house of the Lord and behold the beauty of the Lord. In the kingdom age, the kingdom temple, the, the beauty in the temple will be Jesus. 
Not the gold, not the silver. Jesus. And we'll be able to sit and behold the beauty of the Lord in that temple. So, another thing that is missing from this temple, that's noticeably missing, is that there's no table of showbread. Remember, they had the table in the temple that had the loaves of bread on it. But there's no table of showbread in this temple. Why not? Because Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus is the bread of life. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. And Jesus is in this temple. There's also no lampstand. Remember they had the big lampstand that was in the temple? There's no lampstand because Jesus is the light of the world. There's no Ark of the Covenant. Remember the Ark of the Covenant? Remember Raiders of the Lost Ark? And there's the Ark of the Covenant with, with, the, with the cherubim. Their wings spread over the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant. There's no Ark of the Covenant in this temple because Jesus is our mercy seat. Jesus is our mercy seat. And His blood atones for our sins once and for all, we're told. All of the things, all of the furniture and fixtures and adornments in the previous temples, in Solomon's temple, in Herod's temple, and in the tabernacle, all of it points to Jesus. It's all pointing to Jesus. But now in this temple, Jesus is there. He's, he's, he's dwelling there. He's on His throne in this temple. So we don't need those things. It's kind of like when it talks about uh, our, our faith will become sight. Right? We, we don't need those shadows anymore. Those, those figures, those types pointing to Jesus in the kingdom age will have the reality. We'll have Jesus. So now, moving on here, verses 5 to 11 describe the rooms and chambers that were in around the sanctuary uh, itself. In verse 5, Next he measured the wall of the temple, six cubits. The width of each side chamber all around the temple was four cubits on every side. The side chambers of these rooms were in three stories. It's three stories tall. And above the other, 30 chambers in each story. They rested on ledges that were for the side chambers all around that they might be supported but not fastened to the wall of the temple. Uh, you know, when you go back in, in 1 Kings chapter 6 in the description of the temple that Solomon built, Solomon also built these rooms around uh, the temple building. Uh, verse 7, As one went up from story to story, the side chambers became wider all around because the supporting ledges in the wall of the temple ascended like stairs. Therefore, the width of the structure increased as one went up from the lowest story to the highest by way of the middle one. Verse 8. I also saw 
an elevation all around the temple. It was the foundation of the side chambers, a full rod that is six cubits high. Thickness of the outer wall of the side chambers was five cubits. It's a thick wall. And so also the remaining terrace by the place of the side chambers of the temple. And between it and the wall chambers was, was a width of 20 cubits all around the temple on every side. The doors of the side chambers opened on the terrace, one door toward the north, another toward the south. Again, God's into the details. And the width of the terrace was five cubits all around. So, so you've got all these chambers. We're not told what they were for. They were probably used for storage of some kind. People are going to be bringing gifts and offerings to the Lord during the kingdom age. It's possible these were used for storage. Now, verse 12 describes the building that will be at the western end of the temple behind the sanctuary. If you look at our picture here, uh, there's gates on every side of the temple except for the western side, but kind of behind the temple building. There's no gate over there, but you see that big rectangular building where a gate would be. That's what's described in verse 12, this big room, this big building that's back there. Uh, Verse 12, the building that faces the separating courtyard at its western end was 70 cubits wide. The wall of the building was five cubits thick all around, and its length was 90 cubits. Again, its purpose is not given. There's just this big room that it sits behind the temple, behind the sanctuary, And we're not told what it's for. But we're going to be there one day. (laughs) In the kingdom age. And you can go to this temple in the kingdom age. And walk around to the back of the sanctuary. And go find this room that's going to be on the western side of the temple. And find out what. And you can ask, what's the room for? I've been waiting to find out what this room is for. And when you say that, the Lord's going to say, Where did you go to church that you even know that there's a room back here? You can say Calvary Chapel, Thursday nights. We went through Ezekiel. So there's this room back there. Now skip down to verse 18 for me. Verse 18, it's talking about the doors and the walls. And we're told in verse 18, it was made with cherubim and palm trees. A palm tree between cherubim and cherub, or cherub and cherub. Each cherub had two Faces, so that the face of a man was toward a palm tree on one side, and the face of a young lion toward a palm tree on the other side. Thus it was made throughout the temple, all around, from the floor to the space above the door, and on the wall of the sanctuary, cherubim and palm trees were carved. So as you go into the sanctuary, one thing that really stands out is that there's There's cherubim, which is the plural of cherub, and palm trees carved into all of the the wood that's inside this this sanctuary. It says from the floor to above the door. So it just kind of everywhere there's going to be alternating cherubim and, and palm trees in this temple. Cherubim are associated with the throne of God. In the Bible. Uh, Throughout scriptures. We we find cherubim. In the presence of God. And around his throne. Notice also verse 19. These cherubim. That are carved in the walls. And on the floor. uh, They have the face of a man. And the face of a lion. 
This represents the humanity of Jesus Christ and the deity of Jesus Christ. Jesus was both man and God. God incarnate, Emmanuel, God with us. God in human flesh. And so these carvings remind us of the humanity and the deity of Jesus Christ. So you've got these, these cherubim, which are around the throne of God. So that's, they're in the sanctuary because this is the presence of God. They're coming into the presence of God here. This is where God dwells during the kingdom age. So you've got all these cherubim carved into the woodwork inside the sanctuary. And then you also have palm trees. Palm trees symbolized really two things for us. They symbolized fruitfulness, abundance. They also symbolized the Garden of Eden. Garden of Eden. The Garden of Eden was God's original intention, that God and man would dwell together in paradise in this garden and enjoy a relationship together and enjoy fellowship together. But that paradise and fellowship was lost by man's sin and that was, that was broken and man was separated from God and man was sent out of paradise, sent out of the garden. But in the kingdom age, fellowship with God will be restored as God originally intended. Things will return to Eden-like conditions between God and man. And so the the cherubim, there'll be a, a visual reminder of this is the throne of God. This is the presence of God. Those palm trees, there'll be a visual reminder of what God originally intended. For mankind to dwell with God and God to dwell with man. And that it's, it's finally restored. It's finally brought back together. Everything that was lost by sin in the garden is now restored in the kingdom age by Jesus Christ. This, by the way, is the story of redemption throughout the Bible. That, that God created this place where he could dwell with mankind and enjoy fellowship with mankind, but man sinned against God. And that fellowship was broken. And man was cast out. But remember, before man was cast out, God covered man's nakedness with, with the skin of a sacrifice. So even in the garden there, you see you know, a sacrifice, substitutionary atonement right there, In the garden before they're sent out. Then they're sent out. God makes this promise that the seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent. Genesis 3.15. Right after the fall. God makes this promise. And then you have this unfolding story throughout scripture and throughout human history. Just like the timeline that we looked at. Of God seeking to restore what was lost in Eden. And so the story ends now. You have this kingdom age where God is dwelling with mankind once again in a place. They have fellowship. Everything that was lost by Adam has been restored by the last Adam. Jesus Christ and his sacrifice on the cross. That, that's the story. That's the story of history. That's the story of redemption through the Bible. It begins, it begins in a garden and it ends in a garden. Everything that was lost by Adam is restored by Jesus Christ. And so you've got these cherubim, you've got these palm trees as visual reminders of this this restoration between God 
and man by Jesus Christ. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan as he teaches verse by verse through the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel was a prophet of God, and though he was faced with the difficult job of speaking hard truths, he also spoke of great hope. Even though the Israelites were constantly disobeying God, God was still faithful to them and offered a way of restoration. This is what Ezekiel so boldly proclaimed, and this is what God also offers to you. If you'd like to learn more about Ring of Truth, we encourage you to visit our website at calvaryec.com. You'll also find information about the church behind this ministry, Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. We have a heart for spreading the gospel message to all we come in contact with, and all are welcome to come and worship with us at our location in Columbia, Maryland. If you're ever in the area on a Sunday morning, we'd love for you to join us for a time of worship and Bible study. We'll study God's Word together and strengthen each other through prayer and fellowship. Come by and meet Pastor Dan and all of us here at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. For service times and location information, visit calvaryec.com or give us a call at 410-491-4592. Once again, that number is 410-491-4592. That's all we have time for today, but be sure to join Pastor Dan as he shares more from the book of Ezekiel on the next edition of Ring of Truth. Rings true.